Hello and welcome to the Vacability Rest Stop Podcast. Vacability is a review website where people with disabilities or unique abilities can rate and review places based upon accessibility. Accessibility doesn't just mean physical, but includes all types of accessibility needs. Physical, blind and low vision, deaf and hard of hearing, sensory friendly, allergy friendly, and more. Head to www.vacability.com to check it out. Each episode, take a break from your norm, and we will be talking about a different accessibility or inclusion tourism topic with a different guest. I am today's host, Natasha Graves, the founder of Vacability. Today, we'll be talking about studying abroad with chronic illness with our guest, Erin Harton. Erin is a chronic illness warrior with POTS. She is a recent graduate of Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania and had the opportunity to study abroad in Norway. So without further ado, let's welcome Erin. Hi, Erin. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about my experiences abroad. Um, I, As you mentioned, I studied abroad in Norway. I was in the city of Tromsø, Norway, which is in uh, the northern section. And um, I studied abroad last year in the fall. So I've been reminiscing about my time <laughs> abroad. And um, I'd love to you know, share what I learned about being in a foreign place with uh, you know, chronic illness. All right. Well, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I know you kind of started, but let's give them a little bit more of your background. Yeah, so I um, was, as you mentioned, I just graduated from a college in Pennsylvania. I was at uh, Gettysburg College, and I have been um, diagnosed with POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, for, um, I don't know, since I was a teenager, <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of years at this point. Yeah. Um, so that was my uh, main diagnosis that I um, have, you know, struggled with throughout school. Um, I have some of, you know, the various accompanying <laughs> uh, diagnoses that go along with that. But that was um, my main, I guess, obstacle in um, having to just go through college and then decide yeah. to study abroad. Um, studying abroad wasn't something that I had on my radar <laughs> at all, um, especially when I was like looking at colleges. That was not, you know, I was at a point where I was just kind of happy to go to college. Yeah, right. And, yeah. Um, being able to go abroad was not something that I had ever expected. I have never traveled outside of the country before going abroad. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was a completely new experience for me. You know, I had to get a pass. I didn't have a passport. Wow. <laughs> I, I had to get a passport and, you know, I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. Right, right. Which could have been a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have been a good thing. And I think it was a good thing um, for the most part. Um, but, you know, it was it was such a great experience and... You know, it's definitely something that I that I recommend that if you have the opportunity to do that, you know, it's 
something it's something definitely to consider doing yeah I mean I I completely agree with that I didn't study abroad in undergrad just because I had so many other things on my plate and I kind of wish I did but then when I got to grad school I was like I feel like I need to get out of here even though I already had moved across the country (laughs) I was like I kind of need to go yeah yeah and I mean I spent what three months in South Africa and I was like I was working it wasn't even like a study abroad I was actually like adult working so it was it was hard I mean it was it was hard and I, I I feel the same way like I had no idea what I was getting myself into and I had traveled before <laughs> but I feel like anytime you go to a new place it's sort of like that so you sort of have that like naive perspective which can sometimes be a good thing <laughs> yeah each place is so different you know you, you're gonna have a different experience right you go. right so I know you said it wasn't on your radar. What made you want to study abroad? Uh, so I guess my the college that I went to had a, a very large study abroad program. Um, and it was something that a lot of students at my school did. Okay. So it was something that, you know, I have, had seen friends go abroad and things like that. And um, I, you know, I was just became fascinated with that idea and um so I I met with uh my school's study abroad office and I you know explained what what my situation was I was very upfront with yeah 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 yeah. you know what what my limitations are and if is this going to be a possibility for me and you know they they kind of reassured me that we could find something that worked and that was you know what what made me want to go ahead with that with that plan yeah so how did the school help you prepare so I think the thing that helped me um the most was really just choosing where I wanted to go abroad okay um the the school had a a variety of programs that you know these are people who are working with study abroad programs. They know what a, a lot of what's, you know, available. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Healthcare or things like that. You know, my initial idea was that I wanted to go to India. Okay. Which um, I realized was probably a horrible idea for <laughs> me as someone who is, um, it has an immune deficiency. Right, and right. And gets infections all the time. India was not going to work out. Right. Um, so that was like a quick realization. <laughs> but yeah. was that like, was that like a letdown for you? Or was it like, because I know, I mean, with chronic illness, it's like you always have to adapt and sometimes like change your expectations. But was that, I mean, even though you have to change those expectations, it can still be a letdown. So was it? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a letdown in the sense that, you know, it was something I was excited about. Yeah. And I was very quickly, um, you know, kind of got over that very quickly because although that wasn't the best match for me. Right. The, the study abroad office at my school had some recommendations. Okay. Places. Yeah. And, you know, they talked to me, they showed me like pictures and stuff of those places. And, you know, I like, got really excited <laughs> about those places and so as I mentioned I went to northern Norway and that was 
uh, actually one of the first recommendations from my school, which seems like it's a very strange place to study abroad. Right, it's not right. A very popular choice. Right, like it's not a huge tourist attraction. No, and I was in a fairly small, like I was in a city still, but it was a small city. Right, um, right. But one of the, I guess, reassuring factors for me was I was going to a university that had a full hospital on campus. Okay. So I was really walking distance from any sort of healthcare I would need. Yeah. Everything was more accessible. And I, you know, I obviously hoped that I would never (laughs) but it's just that sort of like you know, blanket of reassurance that if I, you know, if something would go wrong, I had this university hospital right, right there. Right. Um, so that was something that was definitely like a positive. For yeah. Me. Yeah. I feel like anytime I travel, even for like pleasure, I always check to see what the closest hospital is to me and like, if there's a pharmacy or if I can get my medications in case something happens because you never know. Right. And, you know, I had friends who had studied abroad in like, you know, rural villages in, in Africa. Right. Or on right. Island and, you know, although they had such amazing experiences and, you know, I'm jealous of all of their pictures. Right. Realistically, that was not going to be, the first place I traveled to. Yeah. 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 Especially as like the first place you're going out of the country, especially by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was your, I know you talked about like the study abroad office, but does your school have a um, like disability services office and were they helpful in this at all? Yeah. So we have um, a disability office that uh, was kind of paired with our, they called it academic advising. So they pretty much okay. did all of the, uh, you know, accommodations and those kinds of uh, resources that you might need. Yeah. And, you know, it is really important that if you get accommodations in your, in your school that you can have those accommodations abroad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I didn't have any huge accommodations that were um, necessary for in the classroom, but, um, you know, they have resources where they can help you make sure that that is something that you get as well. I had to, my biggest concern in that sense was uh, my living accommodations. Yeah. Uh, I am not good with stairs. So yeah. I needed to make sure that I was either living somewhere that was going to be on the first floor or that I had an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something that they were able to coordinate. And, you know, it turned out that the place that they had set up had an elevator. So it wasn't a problem at all for me, but they were willing to help me out if that was an obstacle that That's I good. Had encountered. Yeah. I know a lot of places, especially abroad, have don't have elevators (laughs) or have elevators but they're so small like you can only fit in so if you had like a walker or a wheelchair you wouldn't be able to fit in so it's like those are things that you have to think about like that extra layer that you have to strategize about that a lot of other people don't think about so that's great that your school was 
helpful in that sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it would have really sucked if I had gotten there and then realized I couldn't get to where I was supposed to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, you were at a school, and you, I mean, you still had those resources, but it's, there's, like, that extra layer of panic, I guess, when you're abroad, like, what do I do (laughs) in case something happens? So, I mean, clearly you didn't have challenges where you lived, but did you face any other challenges while you were abroad? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the challenges that I face on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, living at my my home school were things that did translate abroad. Simple things, you know, just like getting around um, some, on days where I would have bad pain days. Yeah. Uh, walking around is a challenge. So, um, I, my, um, living accommodations, I was about a 15 minute walk from the university. But one of the things that, um, became really important for me was to, uh, you know, uh, rely on the public transportation, which was available and was, um, really easy for me to use abroad so you know it was definitely worth it for me to add an extra 15 minutes onto that commute to take a bus yeah rather than be in pain or be tired when you get somewhere exactly Exactly. and I think doing that also translated to being able to like go and explore new areas um, and go and do the fun things I wanted to do while abroad. Yeah. I, you know, while some of, you know, my friends who I had met abroad might walk there, I would, you know, say, hey, I'm going to meet you there. Right, right. And that was something that allowed me to just get out and do more as well. Yeah. Did the people you were traveling with or people that you were with have problems with that? Or were they sort of understanding? Like, did you disclose, like, oh, I have a health condition, so I'm going to do things a little bit different? Or Yeah, I I usually didn't bring up my um, health condition unless it was something that I knew was going to be affecting what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and everybody who I met was really understanding and they, you know, would come with me on the bus if I wanted right, to do that right. instead or, um, you know, I just helped me out if I needed. Everyone was really understanding in that sense. And, you know, I was, so I was living with, um, a group of, uh, sort we were in like a shared apartment area Okay, and I was with 15 other Norwegian students. Oh, wow. So uh, it was a large, we had like a shared kitchen and common area, and then we all had our own um, bedrooms. Okay. And so it was, it was a really cool experience because I was getting to, uh, you know, become friends with people who lived in Norway their whole lives. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted me to experience everything. Right. That, that you know, was in the area. So they really were um, really helpful in, you know, helping me get to um, the different things I needed and just supporting me in that way. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the best reasons why I recommend anybody study abroad or travel is you're really like immersed in 
somebody else's culture. So you're you really have like an understanding of somebody else's culture. And it's I mean, it's it's so interesting and great to interact with people that are different from you. Yeah, it was it was a really um, great experience. I think one one of my favorite um, parts of being abroad was those relationships I got to form with uh, you know all different people. Um, and it was a it was a very you know eclectic group in our, <laughs> um, apartment, which made it even better. Um, and I got to you know see how they how they did things. Um, which was really eye-opening in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know since I've seen your travel pictures <laughs> that you traveled quite a bit while you were in Norway. So were there any challenges in in that sense while traveling, going from place to place and not staying in the in the city you were in? Yeah, I think that was probably one of the most difficult things um, yeah. to coordinate. I was uh, grateful to have one of my friends from my home university also was in Norway. Okay. So the two of us kind of buddied up and we went on some excursions to um, other countries. We went to Ireland, Switzerland, which was really fun. Um, But it was, I guess, first and foremost, exhausting. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which... um, you know, I, I'm somebody who wants to do everything and anything. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> get all in. Yeah. So I did have to kind of realize that I was going to need to probably cross some things, you know, take some things off my schedule, which was okay. Right. Um, and kind of plan in that, that little buffer time. Um, and there were, you know, so I one, one um, specific... Uh, instance comes into mind when I was uh, staying in Germany for um, for a short a short time. Um, we were doing a the Eurorail train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To different countries, so we were kind of traveling through Germany, and uh, we really struggled with the the public transportation. There. Yeah, that was something that was really challenging for me. I. It, the the buses weren't we just weren't it wasn't working out and <laughs> I couldn't get my stuff on the bus and so we were kind of stumped um what ended up you know I realized it gotta be flexible like yeah I we we kind of me and my friend sat down and we were like okay realistically I can't walk half an hour to <laughs> our hotel right how is this gonna work uh, we ended up, uh, I guess they have in a lot of cities around here now, those little scooters. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can just pick up those, save my butt. Yeah. Um, so just things like that, that, you know, we didn't plan for this. <laughs> but we saw people on these scooters and we were like, okay, that's that's the way to do this. Right, right. And it's yeah. And it's a more like cost effective way than taking like a taxi because the taxis in Europe are so expensive yeah and it, it was really fun too yeah yeah I mean you still got to like see places and and like yeah be on the streets yeah yeah we ended up doing that like for the rest of the time there because it was just a great way to instead of walking around the city yeah just to take the little scooter around right right so, 
that was a really great alternative that we had kind of come come across on the fly yeah yeah um I know you had said a little while ago that you had never lived or like been abroad before but I know a lot of people with chronic illnesses still live at home um did you have experience living on your own like did you live in a dorm before you went abroad and how was yes. that I mean how was that transition from like living at home to living in a dorm to living abroad yeah so I had lived um in a dorm for um three years before going abroad okay and that was my first time you know not being with my parents yeah in the dorm and then I, you know, went abroad, and it was definitely an adjustment. Right. I had to learn to really be more independent. Right. Um, which I, you know, enjoyed in a <laughs> sense. Um, you know, it was challenging. Yeah. We were, it, when I was abroad, um, one of the things I had to do was cook for myself all of my meals. Yeah. So when I was at my university, I had a dining hall and things like that. Right. But now I'm cooking for myself. So that was something that I enjoyed doing. <laughs> um, it was also sometimes difficult if I wasn't feeling well, but I, but I you know, found ways to, um, you know, make that, just incorporate that into, like, my day to day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, things like, one of the, the challenges of being abroad is, you know, if you have medications and things like that, I had to make sure I had that all planned out right. beforehand. Right. Um, like either getting it refilled for that length of period at home or figuring yeah. out a pharmacy there. Yeah. And I ended up getting all of my medications beforehand and yeah. bringing it with me, which yeah. is something that I uh, was really grateful for doing because. You know, I just didn't have to worry about it. I knew I had everything I needed. Right, and right. And I wouldn't run into any issues. So yeah. That was just, like, one less thing I had to worry about. Yeah, yeah. Which is also sort of difficult sometimes, depending on your medications, just because some pharmacies won't let you fill for a three- or six-month time. Or, I mean, just traveling with medications makes me nervous sometimes because <laughs> I, yeah. I mean you have to keep it you, you you worry about keeping it in like your checked luggage or like your your larger luggage in case something happens to it but then you're carrying three months or six months or however long worth of medication in your carry-on <laughs> and then you worry about going through security like yeah what's gonna happen nerve-wracking yeah I I did spend, I think, at least a month on the phone, like, nearly every other day with my <laughs> pharmacy, the insurance company, right. before I went abroad right. to be able to figure out how I can get all of my medications. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up being able to get all of those, and, you know, they, you know, were able to work it out, but I was glad I had started that plan of you know a few months prior right I was not expecting to run into so many of those obstacles right I feel like that's like the the overarching theme of sort of studying abroad or traveling is like always plan ahead but 
don't be upset when things don't work out. Yeah. <laughs> like you all, you still have to be flexible and like adapt to to the situations. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, for for traveling, I my kind of plan was, as you said, I didn't want to have everything in my checked luggage because. Who knows what might happen? Yeah, I mean, That's I've had lot. things stolen out of my my checked luggage before, and yeah, it's just like, I, oh goodness. I carried almost everything in my carry-on luggage. A couple of my medications I couldn't carry the full yeah six months um, on my person right right. So I had to put a couple extra months in checked luggage. Um, but you but still, still had the bulk yeah. of it with you just in case right so if that disappeared I still had enough to go for like four months right and which I gives you enough time to figure out what to do exactly, in the meantime exactly and I brought you know paper copies of, <laughs> of my each prescription yeah medical records just in case if anybody gave me trouble, like, I had that. Yeah, like, you have that documentation. Yeah, yeah, which is smart. Yeah, and, you know, thankfully I got, I had no trouble whatsoever yeah. going through customs or anything like that. Yeah. But just in case, yeah. it's always good to have that. Yeah. I have never had problems with, like, medications going through security except for I've, I've heard a story of somebody who didn't have their medications in their original bottle like a friend of a friend didn't have it in their original bottle and had them in those like daily like yeah. pill sorter things and they didn't take them away but they had to test every single pill even if they were the same they had to test every single pill and it was like like three weeks worth of of medications every single pill to see what kind of medication it was so in order to make sure like they're not like smuggling something so that's like a big thing now I make sure everything's labeled in the original bottle because I never want that to happen definitely and I used to travel when I went to South Africa I traveled with I was on I had a port and was um, doing saline infusions every like twice a week or once a week so I literally had to carry a suitcase full of like liters of saline and all my port supplies for three months and that's something like I had to check because it's so heavy and of course right and of course like the airlines were fine with it and I didn't have to pay for that one suitcase because it was considered medical supplies but I was like well if something happens like I had like two liters on me but if something happened to that whole suitcase like what was I going to do (laughs) yeah that's a scary thought you know you're kind of yeah just hoping that I mean at that point yeah because that's something like it's not like a typical like quote-unquote medication that I could just get at a pharmacy so I would have to have more shipped to my home and in the United States and then have it shipped to me wherever I was which is not only costly but still something could happen to it then I don't want to think about that I know I know and I mean I now that I have my my feeding tube I take like the cans of feed with me places and I worry about that too just because it's not like a, a typical what you would think of as like a medical supply like it looks like the cans look like a little protein shake so it just looks right. like I'm 
taking exercise equipment places. So I worry about that. And I mean, they always have to, they always stop me at, at customs just to like swab it and check to make sure. But I, I mean, I haven't had a problem with that either just because I've had documentation. So I feel like that's like a, a big tip for people is to make sure you have all the documentation just in case. Definitely. Yeah. In case anything happens. Yeah. Have yeah. Because you never know. Yeah, right. Do you have any other tips for people that are interested in studying abroad? I think um, one of the things that was really useful for me as well was the university where I studied abroad um, in Norway. They yeah. had a uh, you know like an orientation period for international students, and they gave a lot of really useful information for me there. Um, just about where can I go for um, if I'm having you know an emergency situation or you know if you need to um, if you don't have a primary care doctor and you need to see somebody where to go yeah so you know I would definitely recommend if there's not that sort of orientation period where they have that information um, reach out to somebody who is the you know international student uh, coordinator and set up a time to discuss those things yeah. because that's something that you want to have um, you know just to know and in case that you run into anything yeah um, another thing that also comes to mind is I was there for the I guess from August to December yeah so one of the things that I didn't even think about before going abroad was uh, the flu. Oh, yeah. And that was something that I realized that I didn't think about in about September um, <laughs> when I'm starting to see things about flu shots. Right. So I didn't realize that in Norway, where I was studying, flu shots aren't very common. Oh. Um, it's really only given to people who have pre-existing conditions, okay. which I did have, right. but I needed to sort of sort out how, how does that work? How do I get the, the flu right, shot? Right, right. Do you and, need like a prescription or? Right. So for me, I just had to basically vouch that I had a pre-existing condition and, and I could go to a, they had a vaccine center, but okay. that's something to think about as well is if you're going to need seasonal, um, vaccines like a flu shot yeah is that something that you um can get abroad yeah um in that sense yeah or even thinking about I mean there are places that you need vaccinations before you go in the U.S. so thinking about that too and how that will affect you and and will that affect you or if you have to take I mean when I was in um Africa when I was in Mali I had to take um like malaria medication so will that interact with with other medications that I'm taking and and thinking about those things too along those lines it's definitely important to you know have a conversation with your doctor and any specialists about first and foremost your plans to go abroad yeah (laughs) what what you're going to um you know what what you're going to need and and then also anything that might interact with your treatments yeah yeah 
Well, those are some very helpful tips. I appreciate it. <laughs> Do you yeah. have anything else to add before we play a little lightning round travel game? Uh, I just have to add that I think, you know, sitting abroad is, is such a great experience. And yeah. um, although it might look a little bit different for somebody with a chronic illness, it's not something that should, um, you know, hold you back or you should you should completely take off your radar because of yeah. chronic illness. Yeah. It's something that you can make work. Um, and it's still a really fulfilling experience. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's not like you're, you're in it by yourself. You had your school to help you. And there are so many resources online, um, that can help with, with the planning process and you have Absolutely. your doctors and, and things like that. So it's, it's definitely, I agree. It's definitely doable. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to play a little travel game. You're going to answer the question with the first thing that comes to your mind. Some of them are okay. like a this or that, or some of them are just like regular questions. Are you ready? All right, fine. Yes. So, favorite place that you've been? I think the favorite place I've been is uh, Lofoten Islands in Norway. Oh. Uh, it was a little string of islands that... Um, I visited and we saw the northern lights there. Oh yeah, and I was very and, jealous. Uh, it was so beautiful <laughs> and just beautiful landscapes, uh, and it was just a very magical place. Wow! All right, well I'm gonna add that to my bucket list now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, city you want to go to? I really want to go to Berlin. Okay. A city that I did not see in Germany and something that. I really would like to see. I think it's such a cool cultural place. Yeah, I agree with that too. That's that's one of mine on my list as well. So attraction that you want to visit anywhere in the world. Ooh, an attraction. Um, I think of, I would really like to go to the Louvre in France. Okay. Um, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I know. I feel like once you start traveling too, it becomes an addiction. Like once you experience so other things, you're like, I want to go all of these places now. <laughs> I know. It's like, how can you choose? I know. I know. That's a good one though. The Louvre is a good one. I have yeah. yet to, I have yet to go there, but I was actually yeah, supposed I, to go there this year, but coronavirus had other plans. Yeah, that, that throws a wrench in things. Yeah. So, beach or mountains? Mountains. Yeah, I could see that. I'm a mountains person. Aisle seat or window seat? Window. Window. I'm definitely window. Really? Ugh. <laughs> see, I'm the person who, like, who has to get up, like, every hour. Like, I can't sit still. And I, I like, want to stand and go to the bathroom and, like anything <laughs> be nosy in the aisle <laughs> i will sacrifice getting up for the window seat just so i can you know rest my head just so you can lean over <laughs> all right all right so one thing that you always carry with you or multiple things one thing i always carry with me other than um, your phone yeah i mean i do always have yeah that. i Okay, well, relating to my phone, though, is a portable charger. <laughs> that, was, that was crucial for me. Yeah. 
and I I don't know how people don't travel without them honestly because I feel like especially if I'm like on a trip I always want to take pictures of stuff (laughs) and then it's like well my phone's dying now this is not helpful to me yeah I don't know I I take even when I'm not traveling yeah I feel like I have that um and I mean now if you're going anywhere yeah. you always have a mask. Oh so yeah. I'm going to have to say for today's life yeah. I always have my mask yeah. and I have a variety in my bag. I have I think four. So do I. <laughs> I will say though even before corona like just because I am immunocompromised I used to travel with a mask anyways and I used to wear them on a plane. So I have I have gold and silver and like I love anything like sparkly so I have a gold and a silver and a sparkly mask that I always used to wear on the airplanes and I was like I don't care if you're looking at me just because (laughs) I mean I'm fine with it and now everybody has to wear them so I know I have the same and now it's like I feel like it's I just feel like it's so much more accepted (laughs) I know I know people don't look at me like I'm crazy anymore or like want to stay away from me because they think I'm like contagious with something That is the one thing that I think, you know, I, I used to always feel, I guess, kind of self-conscious when I, right, right, now it's like totally normal. Silver lining of the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Something that you always forget to pack. Oh, um, this is kind of dumb, but I do always forget this. Um, I wear both glasses and contacts. Yeah. And whenever I'm wearing I always forget to pack the other one, <laughs> um, and it's really, like, dumb, and I should remember, yeah. but I have so many times been wearing contacts when I travel and then not brought my glasses, Yeah, and then just been like, oh, man. Great. <laughs> I've actually done that before, too, and it's like, oh, well. You think I could remember this. Yeah, yeah, but it's something, like, you don't think about because it's, just like yeah. something you do daily. Yeah, it's that little thing. Yeah. All right. Best piece of travel advice for anybody. Ooh, okay. Best piece of travel advice is to go out of your comfort zone. That's a good um, one. And, you know, if something seems a little scary, you know, take it one step at a time and you'll you'll get to see really really cool places yeah do some really cool things along the way yeah I would have to agree with that one all right well that's our time with Erin you can actually see some of Erin's travel pictures at Erin's underscore arctic adventure on Instagram and tune into our next episode subscribe on all platforms you can also follow us on youtube for the subtitles of all of our episodes you can follow us on social media at vkability and also don't forget to visit our website vkability.com to rate and review your favorite businesses attractions hotels and more all based on different types of accessibility thanks erin yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll hopefully have you again next another time. <laughs>